Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of One Ball Nation. My name is Travis, and I will be covering baseball for everyone, all sorts of news. I follow all sports, but I am mainly a Mets fan and a Steelers fan. Hi, my name is Dale Bridge. I'm going to be covering football and for big fan of the Falcons. I primarily focus on the NFL. I'm a fan of basketball and baseball as well, but I'm primarily focused on the NFL. My name's uh, Sean Segetti uh, from Boston. I like the, the Celtics. I like the Bruins, the Patriots, the Red Sox. Basically all Boston teams, but I'll be talking mainly about the Celtics. Hey everyone, my name is Kyle Wolf. I am going to be talking mainly about hockey, the NHL. I am the self-proclaimed NHL expert of the podcast, and I follow the Pittsburgh Penguins, also follow the New York Mets, uh, somewhat of a Steelers fan. That's pretty much it for me. Hi, my name is Connor Celia. I am going to be covering WRC news mainly for now and off-season, probably other racing news. All right, to start off, we are going to be hopping right into some baseball news. On January 27th, the Mets and the Blue Jays agreed to a trade that sent left-handed starting pitcher Steven Matz to the Toronto for right-handed pitcher Sean Reed Foley, right-handed pitcher Yasni Diaz, and right-handed pitcher Josh Winkowski. Now, this trade is looking into the Mets' free agency. They're clearing a roster spot for another addition, whether that's starting pitcher Trevor Bauer, who is the most coveted player left on the market, or even a center fielder and Jackie Bradley Jr., who is a former Gold Glove winner. It is yet to be seen. But Stephen Matz was the long, one of the longest-tenured Mets players coming up on his sixth year in the league, and it will be a free agent at this time next year. And the Mets are looking good with that new owner. Uh, you know, Steve Cohen coming in, buying the Mets uh, a couple months ago. Seems like they're making some big moves with the lineup, Travis. Yeah, no, definitely looking better than whenever the Wilpons owned the team. They did trade for Francisco Lindor early in their offseason, signed Trevor May to a contract along with catcher James McCann. The team definitely is looking better heading into next year than it did at this time last year. Hey, this is the year I like for the that Mets. Jackie Bradley trade, or I like I like signing him possibly too. That's yeah, that would good be good. For you guys. Yeah, that is a left-handed bat. Now the lineup is a little left-handed heavy, but it, he does bring some great defense onto the field, and that is something the Mets are lacking, as evident as from stats from last year, and mainly in the infield. But that is looking to be better this year with some of the position changes that have occurred and the acquiring of Francisco Lindor. Let's go Mets. Moving on to a story about a play, uh, a man, former Mets manager, Mickey Callaway. He is now the current angels pitching coach. He is suspended uh, based on a report from the athletic last night, which revealed that five women had accused Mickey Callaway of, unwanted sexual behavior during multiple years, mainly with his time as manager of the Mets, some spanning back to when he was a pitching coach with the Indians. Now, usually when a story like this comes out with such hard evidence, the the person who is being accused is immediately fired, but the Angels took a different route today and they decided to suspend and not fire him, which is very questionable. I definitely thought that Mickey Kelly would have been fired and probably would have gone Probably would have been the end of his career. Uh, when I heard about this, this was released on Monday night, the 1st of February. But it came out today, the 2nd of February, that it was only 
going to be a suspension. So we'll see where the suspension goes. I, I can almost guarantee that he'll be out of a job by the time this is all said and done, but it's not confirmed. Travis, who was the other former Mets uh, that was just in the news? Uh, it was general manager Jared Porter. Now he immediately go. lost his job for pretty much the exact same thing. It was only one count, but the Mets took swift action and canned him. Yeah, he was he was sending sausage pictures, correct? Oh yeah, mo- d- sausage pictures were definitely yeah, sent. That's what I thought. Yeah. There's been something going on with the Mets and just having these people in the organization. Now, hopefully, that is over. Yeah, I was gonna say hopefully we get some new people in that organization and they uh, can get a fresh start, especially with that new owner. Although I will say, um, new owner, you know, great for the Mets. Um, terrible for my stocks this week. Uh, he was getting into it with a few uh, day traders on Twitter and actually deleted his Twitter. Um, and now my stocks aren't where they was hoping they would be. I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> Invest in Dogecoin. To the moon, baby. Exactly. So the Colorado Rockies, now this trade did occur Saturday, Sunday night, but it was only confirmed today. They traded away their franchise corner piece, a multiple gold glove winner multiple like a perennial all-star five times to be exact they traded nolan arenado star third baseman to the st louis cardinals they also sent 51 million dollars with arenado to help cover his contract in return they didn't get much they got left-handed pitcher austin gomber infielder mateo gill infielder elahiris montero right-handed pitcher tony losi right-handed pitcher Jake Somers. Now, none of these prospects that the Rockies did receive are expected to be good. They're not projected. They're not. There's just not much hope for them. As from That's what scouts are seeing right now. Now, players have proved scouts wrong countless times before. So we have to wait to see how what they actually pan out to be before fully judging this trade. But right now... It looks like the Rockies just wanted to get his salary off of his books. Now, with this deal, Arenado is adding an extra year to his contract for an additional $15 million, but as long as player opt-outs after 2021 and 2022. So definitely interesting to see how Arenado is going to fit into the Cardinals organization, not to mention the NL Central is looking really weak this year after the Cubs have traded away many of their star players and are looking to continue to dismantle the roster. There's just not going to be much competition for them, for the Cardinals. So it'll be interesting to see how they do perform. On January 23rd, the Blue Jays agreed to a six-year, $150 million deal with outfielder George Springer. This is the largest contract in the history of the organization. The previous was a seven-year, $126 million deal with Vernon Wells in 2006. Now Springer was the most coveted position player on the market. My Mets came in with a close second on that deal, but the contract in all, it's not going to turn out well for the Blue Jays in my opinion. I'm very glad the Mets stayed away. Now Springer is currently 31. He's at near the, I'd say near the end of his prime of his career. He was involved in that huge, cheating scandal back in 2017 with the Astros, but he has left and has moved to a whole new country. The three-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger, and World Series MVP 
will be looking for a new start in Toronto without any trash cans. I was going to say, is that scandal the trash can scandal? Yep. Now, Springer, I'm not completely sure what his role was in that scandal, but it was definitely... Yeah, he was definitely banging on some cans at some point during that time. Uh, For us who don't know what the scandal is, uh, mind enlightening us? So, back in 2017, the Houston Astros had a camera set up in center field that would look into what sign, like what pitch. (laughs) Yeah, what sign the catcher is putting down for the pitcher to throw. And And if it was a off-speed pitch they would do a quick bang on some trash cans to let the player know that it was going to be an off-speed pitch and knowing pretty much what pitch was coming it was it's not that hard now this it was broken like the player who broke the news was mike fires he was on the athletics at the time uh, when he broke it but he was with the astros in 2017 when they won that world series now a lot of people are saying that their that world series Banners should be stripped. The trophies should be stripped. And Jose Altuve's MVP should be stripped and given to Aaron Judge, of course. The MLB can't really do that. But in return, the Astros manager was fired. The GM was fired. They were both suspended for a season. The Red Sox manager was on was the Astros Alex bench Cora. coach. Yep, Alex Cora was the bench coach for the Astros at the time, he was fired and suspended for a season. He has He's since returned. Yeah, he returned to the Red Sox organization earlier this offseason. Hey, man, we're from Boston, man. We're, we're okay with the cheating. We're okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> we're okay with it. Yeah. No, nah, but seriously, I mean, he wasn't. I what? so many people no, talking about those. Like, Sorry. I was gonna say I've heard so many people just talking about stripping the Astros of just like their There's victory. So it's like teams. you can't really so many do that. It's not really like allowed. You know I mean, they like, cheated maybe ex- excessively, but there's a yeah, lot of teams like, that cheat in baseball. Yeah, exactly. and there's there's just there's they just got caught. That was the thing, and it's just you can't strip because you net like you don't know how that game was gonna go either way. Even if you were to. The only way you can do it is if you just reset exactly. the entirety of the game and can't do that. No, no, that's very impossible to strip them, but they definitely they know the players were punished for their roles. It was only the staff. Now the MLB did hand out immunity to all the players. I thought that was a mistake right away, just because the fan base was going to be angry. Like the baseball fan base as a whole was gonna be angry that no none of these players who took part and boosted their stats were going to be punished for what they did. So I did think that was a mistake, but you can't really change that now either. Yeah, I mean, we're talking 2017. It's been a few years. Uh, hopefully the organization and uh, the MLB overall has just kind of learned from that mistake. Uh, I really think the team should have been held a little bit more accountable. I know they couldn't have uh, stripped the the title away from them, but just holding the players accountable, I think, would have been a little bit appropriate in that situation. Yeah, I think uh, like anywhere like that. But the main part is like the the administration and the coaching staff were probably told them to do it and use the trash cans. So, I mean, with, yeah, they probably true. threatened their jobs. That's and true. They don't it's like the, it. the real mystery. We'll never know what really happened, I guess, huh? Yeah, only those involved are really going to know what yeah. happened. Sure. Moving on to our next story. Uh, relief pitcher Sean Doolittle has agreed to a contract with the Cincinnati Reds. 
Now Sean hey, Doolittle, Ohio. That's that. That's a team from Ohio. Yes, I got excited. I live in Ohio. Now it is only a. <laughs> it is only hey, a listen, one. There's year. nothing here, so we we hear some news about the state. We get pretty excited. Yeah, and the Indians haven't given you much uh, good news recently. Hey, that's the away. Cleveland baseball team. They're going to change their name. The Cleveland baseball team? Seriously? <laughs> that's what. That's yeah. on it. So I'm I'm about forty minutes outside of Cleveland. That's what people around here begin to call it. It's the Cleveland that's baseball insane. team. I think that's a little bit of a ripoff from the Washington football team, but <laughs> I think it is as well. <laughs> no, as I said, Doolittle was struggling the past two seasons. Zero and two with a five point eight seven ERA and only eleven relief appearances. So that that might have affected. It's very small sample size. In twenty nineteen, he did struggle a little bit with a four point oh five. That's not usually his all-star form as recently as 2018 hit a 1.60 ERA and 25 saves in 43 games. And then we had another signing on today, February 2nd. This was Chris Archer. Now Chris Archer was in the headlines a few years ago. He got traded to the pirates and one of the most lopsided deals in recent history that sent Tyler glass now and Austin Meadows to Tampa Bay. Now Chris Archer says goodbye to Pittsburgh and it's decided to return to Tampa Bay on a one-year deal for $6.5 million. And Tampa Bay, Chris Archer, was an all-star at one point. He was very good. So it will be interesting to see if the uh, Rays pitching staff can return Archer to form, who is now 32 years old. And that is all I have for today. All right, then. Thank you, Travis. Then we're going to be moving on to uh, some football news. Now, uh, I know we can basically we can talk about the obvious, and that is the big game coming up. I want to get some predictions from you guys. Who do you think? I mean, we got we got some good uh, two really yeah, good man. teams. I, I, you can't bet against you said the Bucks. Brady. You just can't do it. At this point, you can't do it. Uh, all right. So we, we got one. We got one person going for the Bucks. Any everybody else? What do we What do we think? I mean, here? you can't. You can't beat Patrick Mahomes. I'm going with the Chiefs. Sorry. Oh. All right. So we got one. We got, got one for the Bucks. Go one for the Chiefs. I'm I'm going with the Bucks. The Chiefs got two for Chiefs. Ah, uh, so we got. All right. So I'm gonna be the tiebreaker, and I think it's gonna be the Chiefs. And here's why: the not only do we have such a like a, they have an incredible offense led led of course by Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid as the head coach. Patrick Mahomes and a lot of people were talking about this like uh, both last year and this year. There's a lot of comparisons with like just uh, the amount of players, and there was a huge argument, especially with uh, it was a originally it was Lamar Jackson and uh, Patrick Mahomes they were comparing the two. And I've had a lot of conversations about this as well. And the one thing that they can't really that Patrick Mahomes has is his ability to adapt to any of the scenarios that he's in. I mean, you look at him. He's not. I mean, he's able to run when he needs to. His arm strength is all there. He's he got the no look passes, the trick plays, everything. He's got everything. I think he's going to be able to adapt to any situation that he's been given to. And I think that's why the Chiefs are going to be put over the Bucks. Now the Bucks have a very good defense, but I think the hey, Chiefs' man, offense is going to be able to handle it. 
I mean, I remember that AFC Championship game two years ago, and in in uh, Kansas City, nobody said the Pats had a chance, and Goat Brady was able to pull it pull it out. You know what I mean? You can't bet against that guy. <clears throat> I'm telling you, you just cannot bet against that guy. I don't know, man. I think I think the Chiefs will be able to do it. I think that. The Chiefs, Andy Reid, you know, he's an incredible coach. So is, as, as is yeah, Bruce Arians, no of course. But I think I think the Chiefs Yeah. I mean I I think they can do it. The Bucks, I mean, they got Great some pretty weapons. good offensive weapons too. I mean, you you said yourself that Bill Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You got you got Chris Godwin, you got Mike Evans, you got Scotty Rob Gronkowski, you got, you got, so got whole, guys, you got a wide receiver core the year. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think that the Chiefs' defense can put a, a better stop to the, the Bucks' offense. Than the In my Bucks opinion, this game is going to come the all the way down to really the Bucks' defensive line. If they can get pressure on Mahomes, it's going to be a game over, yeah. possibly. Mm-hmm. But if they're struggling, and not only yeah. does Mahomes have time, but there's really good run blocking for Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, then that's definitely going to be a game over. It's really up to the Bucks' defensive line, yeah. in my opinion. Todd Bowles, man, he's an underrated defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's no, underrated because he coached those Jets for a while, and Jets are trash. But yeah, he's a very good defensive coordinator, and he's going to come up with, in my opinion, he's going to come up with a great defensive strategy to stop the Chiefs, or at least halt them enough so that Brady can take over the yeah. game. Yeah, I, I'm both. I mean, both quarterbacks, both offenses. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say quarterbacks because Tom Brady did it before with the Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady and both, both, both of them, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, both have the ability to just get clutch. They have the clutch gene exactly. in their in their bodies. They've got it in their system. Tom Brady pulled off an amazing comeback in uh, in the unfortunate twenty eight to three scenario. I'm a Falcons fan, See, so that, that it hurts. Br- I didn't even it. bring that up, man. I just. He was able- kept quiet on that. I know, I did. I know, and I did, and it really sucks to talk about. But uh, I gotta be able to talk about it all. I I don't know. I think it's gonna be a really good game to watch. Um, I, I also think I think rather than the Rams Pats game that happened, everyone was. was complaining about the Rams versus the Great Patriots game. Great I thought defense. that game was amazing because that game showed. Oh yeah, that was a defensive battle, and to be honest, I think it's going to come down to a defensive that's an battle again. Take, a it's going to come down. I mean, defense wins championships. Like a shootout, so that's a that's an interesting take, man. Yeah, well, I think it's going it's going to be a high. I think it's going to. I don't. A lot of people are thinking that's going to be a really high scoring game. I think, especially with the Todd Bulls, I think they're going to be they'll be able to put a stop to it. But I think it's going to come down. It's ultimately going to come down to the fourth quarter. I don't think it's going to be a blowout in any sort of way, shape, or form. I think it's going to be a back and forth exactly. battle. I agree with, with the you. Uh, the big game. We're going to move away from the big game. We're going to talk about the awards coming at the end of the season. There's plenty of awards. We got MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, these are my predictions. These are my personal opinions. I think that uh, a lot of these are in the bag. I think the yeah, MVP is definitely going to go to Aaron Rodgers. I think he put up an incredible season this year. I think uh, I uh, I honestly don't know who will be the offensive player of the year. I think Devontae Adams did pretty good, but that's that can go really up in the air as the offensive player of the year uh, trophy. Um, 
For defensive player of the year, I think I'm going to go with T.J. Watt. He had an incredible season. I mean, Aaron Donald keeps taking it away, but I think T.J. Watt uh, earned it this past season. Yeah, no, my friend, my friend is also a Steelers fan. Kept telling me, "Oh, T.J. Watt, this, T.J. Watt, that." He's like, "Yeah, he's a great player. Great season this year. Really is." I mean, led the league in sacks and tackles for a loss. If I'm not mistaken, he's definitely got it in the bag. I'm not just saying that I'm a Steelers fan. I own his jersey, but yeah, he's got it. He was a nominee last year, right? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. But no, Aaron, Aaron Donald didn't able to take his Aaron Donald Gilmore. Just amazing. Oh, no. Oh, so I'm so, I meant the other year. My bad. Stephon Gilmore also, also was a really good he, player, he, he but I think he fell off this year. season. Our he defense really did. as a whole, you know, missing Chong, Hightower, missing a lot of guys. Yeah. Comeback player of the year. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone knows it's obvious. Alex Smith. Comeback player of the year. I think there's uh there's no other option really. I think that they had like it's the way he came back from everything, almost losing his leg, almost dying from the leg infection and everything. Aaron, uh, Alex yeah, Smith definitely. is definitely going to be gaining the I mean, comeback player the of the year. Leading the football team to the playoffs. I mean that's hard enough on its own, but uh, also coming back from all that. I mean it just yeah, makes it like even it is. more amazing of what he did. He had no arguments on my side. That. When I saw that Alex Smith was able to come back from the field, I got really scared though because he was going up against. I believe um, it was against. It was it the Steelers or the Rams? Either way, it was an incredible defense yeah. that they went up. It was the Rams. He came in when he played against the Rams, and I got super scared because I thought Aaron Donald was just going to come in and unfortunately ruin it all. But he, Alex Smith, held his own. He was able to, you know, the offensive line protected him. Alex Smith was able to uh, come back from everything, so he's definitely going to win Comeback Player of the Year. And for coach of the year, this is a little bit up in the air. I'll let you guys discuss it if you want. But oh, I yeah. think Sean McDermott of the you. Buffalo yeah. Bills is going to be able to take the coach, coach of the year award. The way the Bills I did really – I was rooting I for the Bills this the uh, this season. The big game. I did too, but that – the game it was, was – I can't argue that. was that. a good game. I, I think he deserves it. He's done some great coaching work this season. Yeah, I thought, if anything, um, I think they would also consider uh, Ron Rivera, Washington football team. I think they would consider him as well as one of the uh, coach of the year, especially with uh, battling cancer during the season. And what he did was able to do with the Washington football team, I think it's – I think Sean McDermott will take it, but I think uh, yeah, Ron Rivera is going to be a close second. Yeah. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. I think it's going to go Justin Herbert. It, it may go Justin Jefferson. Justin I Herbert. think it's going to be Justin 100%. Herbert. Both, both players. Yeah, both players had a like a very very good season. Justin Joe Herbert Burrow was able to break the nice rookie too, overall touchdown uh, record. Joe Burrow did have a nice season. I really wish. Problem with that team, man, is the offensive mm-hmm. line is just yeah, not there. I'm going Justin Jefferson. Wow. You think Justin Jefferson? I think he's a close second. I think Justin Herbert's going to end up taking it though, just because he he broke the rookie like the rookie touchdown record. I think he's going to take it. Justin Jefferson had a really good season as well. I just I think Justin Herbert's going to be the one who ends up taking it. Quarterback's the way more important position. You know what I mean? It's by far more important. What would you rather have? Yeah, a a great quarterback or a great receiver? Ten times out of ten, you're going to pick the quarterback. I go with the receiver. The quarterback. Can't really make a receiver, but if that receiver gets separation, he can make a quarterback. I mean, yeah, back yeah. when 
Yeah, but here's the thing: if you don't have, I mean, back, back whenever Antonio Brown was really still with much. the Steelers, I mean, I mean, he was a great receiver. He got he was double teamed the entire time. Now Antonio Brown obviously fell off down in the end. Uh, I don't really want to get into that, but I mean, he was double teamed. He was getting Juju open. Ben could throw in double coverage, and Brown came down with it. Like I did, I think that I'd rather have a better receiver than quarterback. Wow. Yeah, wow, that's fair. I think I think I All think right. records do um, interesting take. Speak of volumes, though, uh, when, when we're talking about awards like this, just the fact that he, yeah. no matter what the award is, it or I mean, yeah. or, uh, record is, it's it. I feel like it sh- really shoots up your chance of getting an award. Yeah, I think I think Justin Herbert with the uh, the record breaking season is going to be able to take it. And last but not least, the defensive rookie of the year. Chase Young. Yeah, there's no question. That's uh, no question. I think that's going to be a takeaway. That's just going to be not at all. There's no question about it. Chase Young. I mean, Chin from the Carolina Panthers. He had a pretty good season too. He he did pretty good, but I think Chase Young's name was much more much more known throughout the season. I think he's definitely. Yeah, I think you're forgetting my player most likely to be spotted in the back of a pickup truck holding a case of beer. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Aaron right. Rodgers MVP. This, this was, Aaron Rodgers is a man of people, a, and I, a I typical Aaron Rodgers move. I feel he, he. I know. I saw the video, and when I first saw that video, I thought it was just going to be. I was like the first second, and I was like, "Who is that? Like, why? Why is this all over uh, yeah. Bleacher Report?" And I was like, "That's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's why." In the back of Bakhtiari's pickup truck, getting a case of Bud Light, and the, I just Aaron Rodgers is a man of people, man. With the Pat McAfee show, and they do everything with Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers just really good guy, really good player. I am That's proud to say I am the in the same fraternity as Aaron Rodgers, Tall Cap Epsilon. So <laughs> I feel there's a connection there between me and nice me and, <laughs> and Frauder Rodgers. <laughs> Well, you guys have yeah, matching, matching mustaches a little bit for a while. You guys have, uh, yeah. I think I love the. Um, somebody made a joke one time, uh, like uh, during the midseason when they were talking about all these awards, that the offensive rookie award should go to Jordan Love <laughs> because Jordan Love pushed Aaron Rodgers to have such an incredible season. Now you are and forgetting about one award funny. that was already confirmed. That is the MVP going to Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, yes. My apologies. Yes. Uh, the MVP, Mitchell Trubisky, um, he's in the same draft class as Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, clearly, the, uh, the Chicago Bears picked a better QB because he has the only MVP award. I mean, yeah, that that trade-up was totally yeah. worth it. And Mitchell then Trubisky. He skipped over Watson. Who, what's out of even Houston? I mean, imagine if he was in Chicago. Watson, we'll, we'll we'll get into Watson in a little bit, but that's I I've got some predictions for Watson. I I mean, a lot of people are thinking a lot of different things about Watson, but we'll we'll get in that in just a little bit. Um, we yeah we were t- um MVP Mitchell Trubisky. I love the um if I don't know if any of you watch it, but Bleacher Report comes out with a weekly thing on Tuesdays for the NFL called the uh, Gridiron Heights. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, that's they it. do it every week a Tuesday during the NFL season mm-hmm. talking about whatever when you see you've seen it. I am a big fan of it. They every week they come out with just some rent like this little story to tell about what happened in the NFL this past week. 
and they had it so they were copying the one movie uh snow piercer with the train and they had um the chicago bears and it's like what do we say to visitors like, we know we missed mahomes so please leave us alone and I find I just love that one little line from it. I think that uh, uh, Bleacher Report's Gridiron Heights is just something that everyone should uh, follow and watch. I just think it's hilarious. You know, uh, I mentioned before with Watson, we're going to get into that now. Um, a lot of people, a lot of teams are going for Watson. He's an incredible player. Unfortunately, everything going on with the uh, Houston hey, Texans has just been he one. Didn't like the hot, you know, he didn't like getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. He didn't like the hiring of our GM. No, he didn't. Yeah, that he was, didn't want our GM either, Nick Casario. That really put him over the top. I don't blame him. If you look at the pet, the Patriots roster, they're depleted of talent. No. You know what I mean? They got bad management. You don't want that guy. Yeah, no. I, I'm so happy he's gone, man. They, Nick they really, is a like, horrible GM. Yeah, Casario. I don't. I I I always for years was saying, damn, the Patriots aren't really getting a lot of draft picks. They're just offensive. Kind of hoping that. Oh man, offensively we can't draft. We can't draft shape. a receiver. I mean, if you look at all our drafted receivers, they're all busts. Yeah. We cannot draft a receiver. Our best drafted receiver is Julian Edelman, and he was a seventh-round quarterback. So. Yeah. With um, no with Cassette, and then they hired their um the one wide receiver coach that was on the Chiefs, where the Chiefs didn't. This Chiefs never had a wide uh, receiving touchdown that year, and the Ravens were thirty-two overall. Yeah, that was strange. In receiving, was strange. and they, they hired him Eric of all people. And and other another person that was supposed to be on their on their yeah. radar was freaking Josh McCown, their head coach. And... But that, yeah, they should have. How he was not hired as a head coach baffles me because he is an, he's done incredible work with the Chiefs and the fact that he hasn't been able to get a head coaching job yet. He wants one. He, he yeah, wants crazy. a head coaching job. Well, and no one's all saying that's just because of Andy Reid and Andy Reid has all the influence there. No, Eric Enemy is a he's very good. Andy Reid's of course one of the greatest when we announced one of the greatest coaches ever, along with Bill Belichick. But like. It, Eric Bieniemy deserves a head coaching job with what everything no he's doubt. done these past couple of seasons. Hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, I feel as though if if Bien-Aimé was able to stay, I think Deshaun Watson may have considered actually staying. But Deshaun yeah, Watson, I mean, he, he, he wants, wants out, wants and either. I don't blame I mean, him. They just keep hiring Patriot guys. You know what I mean? And teams don't get it. The one Patriot guy you have to hire yeah. is Bill Belichick. If it's anybody, yeah. if it's McDaniel's, if it's uh, Matt Patricia, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So no, it doesn't. And then I think uh, Deshaun Deshaun Watson wants to either go to the Dolphins or the Jets, and that's that's an interesting play. I, I think the, so the Jets did very you know good I mean, with I would the hiring. Never want to go to yeah, the Jets are, in my opinion, they're such a poorly run team. The Jets, the Jets have picked up. They picked up Salah. a good uh, Robert Sal. Sal uh, yeah, I want to say Salah. Yeah, Salah. Sorry, butchered that. Salah. Yeah, the 49ers. As a Falcons fan, when we were looking for our head coach, that's who I wanted, but they were able to pick him up, the Jets. Yeah, and that's a really head, good pick. Good I mean, the, the Niners defense. Team. You guys have a solid team. You know we got I mean? Arthur Smith. We, we, the, I said it for the past like two years that the coaching Completely staff for the needs to be After just that Super Bowl, man, They should have got rid of everybody on that coaching staff. Yeah, we did. We we did this year. We hired Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith mm-hmm. as the GM and the head coach, respectively. 
And I think that was one of the like Arthur Smith, very good on the Titans, great offensive coordinator. I mean, look, look what he did with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Yeah, and he did he did, ran very very good. We're a very offensive minded team on the Falcons. Um, which amazing. The, Terry Fontenot just doing very good work. They've only kept two coaches, and I believe it was our uh, wide receiver coach and the. The second one's slipping my mind, but we only kept two coaches at the Dan Quinn era, and I think that was a very good job of ours. We we revamped the entirety of our coaching staff, and uh, they're keeping. There were a lot of trade rumors about Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Were they going to be used as trading chips? It has been confirmed that both Matt Ryan and Julio Jones will be staying on the Falcons for this yeah, season, definitely. which I think is one of the greatest things that we could. They just do. need new coaching, man. I, I really think they're a solid team. They can't close games. You know what I mean? You saw that. La- I saw that last year. They'd be ahead. They were. Oh beaten. yeah. Was it the Cowboys? They were really beaten on the Cowboys. Yeah, they yeah. just cannot it close was, games. It was three different me, that, games. That tells me that they have a lack of leadership. You know what I mean? They have a lack of coaching. Good coaching. It really was, and I think I think this next season is going to be really good. I really hope that um we can do some very good work this next season, especially with our Tons offense, of with the amount of weapons that we Julio have. Jones, I think I personally Alvin believe Ridley. the Falcons. Yeah. No. Russell, everybody, Opposite our wide receiver pass, core is one of the best Opposite. in the league. I'm just going to come out and say it. Right, I'm going to bring it back to uh, Houston here. Now, on January 30th, was, I, I'm looking at an article right now that's published by uh, Sports Illustrated. J.J. Watt might be wanting out as well. So that's another that's another star this time on the defense for the Texans. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I heard about that. Yeah. No, I was going to get into more trades. There are a lot of trades and a lot of trade rumors that have been going on. Uh, Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, the big, big trade of the week, of course, was uh, Matt Stafford and Jared Goff with the Lions and the Texans. That was an insane trade. And a lot, all the trades going on, it's like all the trades and trade rumors. Uh, I'm Deshaun Watson wanting out of Houston can definitely understand. J.J. Watt wants out, too. Also completely yeah. understandable because they're both very good players. Made like the two main stars that are on the uh the Texans, and they both won out, which is something very, you know, it's very it's reasonable as the they're right now the Houston Texans were doing very good, and then they fell off immediately with uh, Bill O'Brien being the head coach of the GM. <laughs> I think that uh yeah, terrible, terrible, but um yeah, Deshaun Watson, JJ Watt both won out of Houston. I think JJ Watt's going to be going to the Texans. Uh, sorry, the Steelers is going to be going with Texans. Uh, he's going to be wow. going to the Steelers. He's going to join that's his two brothers on the Steelers. That's cool. that's, that's. I mean, that makes the most sense. I personally believe that he might want to go. I I think that he might want to join a very strong-minded defensive team like the Niners. Because he doesn't want to be in a rebuild, he wants to be hey man, in I think, a competitive. I think if the Niners are trading for the one Niners Texan, are still there. trading for Deshaun Watson, it, they're sick of Jimmy G, man. They're going to send Jimmy I think G so back too. to us. I have a feeling they're going to send Jimmy G back to the Pats. Yeah, I I think they will be doing that. I think they'll definitely be sending Garoppolo over back to the Patriots because that's who oh, that's yeah. who Brady and, wanted. And that Super I mean, Bowl Belichick, that year, right bad, after Brady we beat uh, the Falcons and we played the Eagles. That year, he wanted to push Brady out. He wanted Garoppolo in there. Yeah, he did. That whole that whole situation was 
Tom Brady, the the Robert Kraft had to make exactly. a decision. And he would he chose listen Brady. to Belichick or would he keep Brady? Which proved and to be the correct decision. He chose, yeah, and Belichick was pissed. Super Bowl, Brady threw for a playoff record 505 yards. It was really Belichick's fault we lost that game. <clears throat> no yeah. doubt about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, there was a lot of, especially with the Super Bowl, I think uh, – there were a lot of conspiracy theories with that too. That Throwing like, the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, there was a. Yeah, there was that whole conspiracy oh, theory because he was pissed. And I, to, I understand. You can't lose to Philly, though, man. Any other team, Atlanta, lose to anybody else. Don't lose to yeah. Philly, man, because those fans are to- They're toxic. We had to hear about that for three years. We had to hear about that crap. Yeah. Philadelphia fans are absolutely insane. No matter what sport it yeah, is, they, they are suck. insane. Yeah. I went. And you like the Penguins, man. I know. I know yeah. you don't like I, the Flyers. They really so are. I hate the Flyers. I went to Philadelphia for the oh. Stadium Series game, Penguins versus yeah. Flyers, and walked into a bar and immediately had a beer thrown at me just for wearing oh a Penguins God. jersey. I was like, "What in the world is going on?" It was absolutely. I, hate Travis I mean, I'm 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 glad okay, it wasn't batteries that they were throwing, but. Yeah, like they did at Santa. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Philly did. It was, it was, yeah. No, Philly fans, if Philly fans cannot yeah, be given the inch, they're going to take because they'll that, take the foot. Given them their first Super Bowl, like their whole history is beating us now. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's gross. It's bad. Yep. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually agree with that with the Texans. I think the if the 49ers want either the Texans, it's going to be the uh, it's going to be Deshaun Watson. It's probably going to be. I think that I think Deshaun Watson he wants he wants the Jets because Deshaun Watson wants to be able to control more of the uh, going on. And like the, the Jets are very young, uh, you know, they got a bright future ahead of them. Hopefully, with uh, like all mm-hmm. the players are really weapons. young. Coaching staff is going to be brand new. Deshaun Watson wants to be a part of that. Because he knows that he'll have more of a voice if he's on the team, but I think it, it will be a fight between the 49ers a stretch, and the Jets. A lot of people you know are thinking I mean? they, Miami, but I think, I think they're uh, going to give Tua another shot this year. I really do. Yeah, he didn't have a great yeah. year. Yeah, no, because I mean Tua. I mean, you know, coming off the injury, still trying to learn the NFL a little bit more. Give him a couple. I think you know, give him like a year or two. I think he's going to be. I mean, Josh, look yeah. at Josh Allen. Everyone thought Josh Allen's going to be really uh, bad his, yeah, exactly. uh, after his first season, but look at him exactly. now. One of the last things I'm going to be talking about here is the Rams and the Lions, that huge trade that came out of nowhere. Not nowhere, but it was it was weird for, uh, personally to team, me man. to see him they go just, to the Rams of all, all places. They go all in. You saw that contract with Todd Gurley. Like, they just go all yeah. in on players. I definitely thought that Stafford yeah. was going to end up in Indianapolis with the Colts. Yeah, I personally thought that too. I thought that the Colts were going to be where Stafford landed, but it, it when he went to Los Angeles, I learned this over a game of Xbox. I had to learn from some random people. They said Jared Goff is going to the Lions and they're trading for Matt Stafford. And I was like, no way. And I had to look it up to confirm it. It, it, it blew my mind. And then they were like, I was like, well, what did they get in the deal? And they gave they gave it was two first round picks, a third round pick, and Jared Goff. That's insane. And they traded up for Goff. Yeah, they, they had a trade no, up that's number insane one. Trade. Yeah, 
So that's yeah, a waste of assets right there. I, I don't really like the trade that much for the Rams. I, I, Matt Stafford is better, but like I don't like that that trade. It, if they don't win a Super Bowl, that's a waste of assets in my opinion. It is. No, they they threw their future. A guy that's never won Matt a playoff Stafford game. And hoping that he can. I mean, he, yeah, no, Matt Stafford, oh, no is, he's a really good player. And the right Rams now, are betting a lot on him. Jared Goff was actually the last and, first round pick. Yeah, they haven't had first round picks. Since 2017 went to the Texans. 2018 went to New England. 2019 went to the Falcons and 2020 to Jacksonville. 2021's in Jacksonville, I think, as well. Yeah, no, 2020 was... um. That was a Jalen Ramsey yeah, trade, no. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The, yep. I believe it was. I believe that was the Jalen Ramsey trade. But, you know, the Rams, I mean, they, they beat Seattle in their game. You know, they were, you know, they got destroyed by... the. You know the Packers, but like the Packers is one of the greatest offenses this season. So it was one of the best offenses going against one of the best defenses. You know Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. You know the Rams have a really good defense. And I think I think Matt Stafford will be able to take the Rams to some new heights because you know they went they were really good in the one season, fell and off a little bit, and I think they're gonna come the back. Patriots that they were in, uh, you could just see golf is not the guy for them. He's just not. He's not the guy. They need a big upgrade. He's not. Stafford might be that. You know what I mean? Yeah. As Stafford's, I think Stafford's definitely going to help out the Rams, but the Lions, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. I I think Jared Goff's just not going to be. He he tried to take it in strides. You know, he anymore. said in an interview, much he was saying, is there, I just, yeah. No, we're not because he's going. He's going to become just more and more, like more and more irrelevant. Because he he's he he was really salty about the trade too. Because in an interview, he was like, "I'm just glad I'm going to a team who appreciates me." And you can just see in if you look at any photos between uh, Jared Goff and Sean McVay, you can just yeah. see the hatred in McVay's eyes. Nah. He was not happy with Jared Goff, and McVay is a very good coach, and I think. You know, with Matt Stafford and uh, Sean yeah, McVay, I, I feel I think bad some, for Goff a little bit because he's done. going to. I mean, the Detroit Lions are a pathetic franchise. I hope I'm not offending anybody, but they're a pathetic team. Let's not lie. I mean, the 0 16 yeah. season, the the lack wasted, of success. Wasted, yeah, yeah, wasted the town. You know, everybody retires. Johnson, there. Matt everybody Stafford's retires good years. There. I mean, Matt Sanders Stafford retired because of how trash they were. So did yeah. Megatron. They're a garbage team. Horrible franchise. Uh, they hired a yeah, horrible coach no. in Matt Patricia, who unfortunately is back with the Patriots now. Uh, yeah, they're a bad team. I feel bad. Yeah. For them. I'm excited. I I think I'm I'm excited to see this next year. To be honest, of the NFL, we're coming down to the end yeah. of it with the big game coming up this Sunday. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, especially the off season is going to be. Off season is going to be really interesting. I think uh, no doubt next season it's going to be even more the, interesting. I think in the uh, NFC, I think the I think it's going to be. I think the Bucks are going to be favored again next year if Brady doesn't retire. And same with the Chiefs. Yeah. Oh, Brady doesn't want to retire. Brady wants to play until he's forty-five. Apparently, hey, man, he wants if he to, beats uh, Mahomes in the Super Bowl, he wants Bowl, to keep playing. You can never. I don't care how good Mahomes is for the rest of his career. You can never claim Mahomes is the goat. 
No way. Yeah, no. This he loses this, it's over. Yeah, Mahal, this is this is. It was it was from one of the CBS analysts, I believe. Uh, they were saying like this. I mean, everyone else can agree. Oh, yeah. This is the game for Patrick Mahomes. This this game will prove whether or not he is worthy of exactly. being crowned as one of one of the he new goats. Game, man. Brady gets his seventh. He beat him head to head in the Super Bowl. He beat him in the AFC Championship game when he was on the Patriots. Just not a good look. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm very interested to see what happens. Should be a good game. With that, yeah, no, definitely. Um, with that, that's really all I have for the NFL. I mean, it's been an interesting NBA season so far. I mean, looking out west, the, we got to go with the defending champs first, the Los Angeles Lakers. They're still they're looking like a solid team, but you know, with the new acquisitions of uh, Montrezl Harrell and uh and Dennis Schroeder I mean they uh, I can't lie I watched him play the Celtics a couple nights ago I watched him play the play uh the Sixers I wasn't super impressed I wasn't impressed with their overall defense I wasn't impressed with their hustle uh I I really feel like the Clippers have a very good chance this year of overtaking them in the West <clears throat> you know what I mean with Kawhi Leonard Paul George is finally getting his game back Serge Ibaka uh, I really like them out west, and <clears throat> yeah, the Lakers are, are kind of concerning uh, to me. And then out east, you got the Nets. I mean, the, the Nets, they have no defense. I mean, their defense is pathetic. I mean, if they're right now they're allowing, since they got James Harden, they're allowing 130 points per game. I mean, you can't win the east like that. I don't care how good your offense is. I don't care how good Kyrie, Katie, and, and James Harden are together. You can't win the East with that type of defense. You know what I mean? And then we look at Philly. Philly's another team that, you know, they have, they're looking pretty solid. They're looking a lot better than last year. Doc Rivers looking like a solid coaching hire. But Ben Simmons still can't shoot. And what are you going to do in the playoffs when, when Ben Simmons can't shoot the basketball? You know what I mean? It, 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 I really don't believe in Philly. Um, I really think that. The East is up for grabs. You know what I mean? The Bucks, Philly, the Nets. I still think the Celtics have a chance, even though we're looking pretty trash. Um, looking at the Celtics, actually, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown right now are the top scoring duo in the NBA. Um, but the Celtics are still at a, at only a, a ten and eight record. You know what I mean? So you look at they're lacking a big, and uh, they brought in Tristan Thompson this year, but. He he really hasn't helped too much. Uh, Daniel Tice is still the same guy, a solid player. I really think they should add a big. Um, what do you guys think? Do you guys think who do you think's coming out of the West? Who do you guys think is coming out of the East? And what's your guys' biggest surprise this year? Now I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers did indeed win the West again. But there is uh-huh. one team in the East that you didn't really mention. And that was the Bucks. I don't. I like the Bucks. I think they have a great chance. At the Bucks. The there. Bucks have a good. The Bucks have a good chance, but I feel like they really don't have a second star. You know what I mean? Under Giannis, Chris Middleton's a nice player. Uh, Drew Holiday's a nice player, but I really don't feel like they have that second elite level star. And I feel like you really need that now. You need honestly, you need three stars right now in the NBA to win. And uh, I really don't feel like the Nets have that. Um, uh, on I mean, the, the deadline, 
from the trade deadline, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and grabbed another piece. Yeah, they don't have much to trade. They don't have much to trade. They traded most of their assets away for Drew Holiday. You know what I mean? But Connor, man, let's talk about the Knicks. Let's talk about your New York Knicks, hey, man. Hey, man. What do you think about them? Um, I think I think uh, Randall is really pulling some weight this season. I he's playing great. Yeah, he's playing great. Um, but I think the team as a whole just isn't there. We got um, no. we got Toppin. He's he's been shooting some good threes, but I think those are the only two people that stand out. And I don't even think they're. I think you I mean, guys should have Randall really over, over Randall's over doing Toppin. really good and Toppin are really doing good, but they're not superstar status. You know, no, they're and not. that's what you need. That's what you need in the NBA, and that that's the difference between the NBA and maybe the NHL or the NFL. You need superstars on your team. You need like two or three superstars. You're not getting to the finals. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. You need top end talent, at, at least two guys, two. Preferably three, but you need at least two elite level players to get yeah. to the finals. And if you don't uh, even have one, you probably won't make the playoffs. I do, I think we got a solid defense, though. I yeah, you guys not, actually right now are, we got are a really good top ten. We got a really good defense this year, which, um, which I'm our, a little bit jealous of, man. The Celtics defense is is garbage so far this year. It's yeah, pathetic. It's it's. It, you, the Celtics defense is not not all there this year. No, but, um, and that that's the calling card of the Celtics. You know what I mean? It's defense. That's that's our identity. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, it's, to be so bad this year uh, it's defensively, odd. it's 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 not looking good. It's not looking good. I'm not gonna lie. But, What's your guys' biggest surprise of the season? How well the Jazz is doing? They're what 15 and five now. Yeah, I mean they're I doing great, I, and, and their coach Quinn. Snyder, uh, he's fantastic. He's right now. He's my coach of the year, my early coach of the year. No I don't. Doubt. I I wasn't expecting the. I wasn't expecting the Jazz to do like terrible this season. But the fact that uh, they're second in the in Western the Western Conference right now is and and really Donovan surprising. Mitchell isn't even having a great year. It's more of a team effort, which is interesting. Yeah. Reminding me a little bit of the 2004 Pistons, man. Just a defensive beast that just scores enough to win. Yeah, it's and that definitely was what caught me off guard this season. My biggest surprise this year, man, is uh, Gordon Hayward going to the Charlotte Hornets, leaving the Celtics, getting a max. Con- Everybody was laughing at his contract. They're like, "How could you pay Gordon Hayward 120 million for four years after what he, how he looked in Boston? He's played fantastic. 24 points a game. Uh, he, right now, he's got the uh, Hornets at 10 and 11, which is a suck. I mean, who would have thought the Hornets would be a, a 500 team almost? Um, him and Lamelo Ball, man, they're looking like a solid team. They're looking like an eighth seed right now. I thought the Knicks were going to be an eighth seed, but they've really fallen off. You guys were, you guys were in contention for that eighth seed for a while. Yeah, now we you were. Guys, what, was, what's your guys' rec- You guys are pretty we, far under now. We're tenth, I believe now. Yeah, yeah, that tenth, yeah. Uh, nine and thirteen. It's we started yeah. off really good. We had a we were winning a bunch of our uh, early season games. You know, we were up there top four for a while. You guys see yesterday, uh, LeBron James fighting with a fan. Any of you guys see that or no? I, he called her. I he did. Her she was tackling LeBron James. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I heard about that. I, like, there was a perspective angle too of it, and yeah. he was just not happy. What happened she was, she was husband was like what she was doing. heckling him, and then when he came down, he didn't like what the husband said, so he said something back, and then she was like, "Don't talk to my husband like that" or something, which makes no sense because her husband was talking yeah. to her first, so it didn't make a lot of sense on on her part. I, originally, when I watched that video, yeah. I thought her husband was like the ref or something. And then I watched it again. I was like, the husband was. I thought she was just trying. Like I thought he was saying something to the ref or something. Then I just heard it was like just her. Her husband was just another person in the audience just heckling him. And like you just can't let that. As like you know, a professional NBA no, player, you, you really you can't, just can't let, like, let you that have to have thick skin you if you're in any sport. You know what I mean? Because there's gonna be fans who're gonna talk. Um, I know in hockey, man. They talk a lot of shit on the ice. You got to have thick skin, um, but in basketball too, they talk. So you have to be. Yeah, able to, no. Yeah, you got to be. Able I mean, to hockey. You're, what are you saying, Dale? Hockey, you're allowed to beat someone's face. In. Sorry, I was saying hockey. Exactly. You're allowed to beat someone's face. Do you don't like what they're saying. I'm a little bit different. I'm not. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone's in the right there. I mean, like. Yeah, LeBron really needs to get some thicker skin. Like, if he can't let that get to him, he really cannot. But at the same time, why why are you just sitting there heckling? Just at least hang out, watch the game, you know? Yeah, but you got to remember there's alcohol involved, and you know it's that a first true. game back that for fans. It's a first game back for fans, so they're they're all amped up, they're drinking. Um, you can see where that would happen. Something like that yeah. would happen. Um, looking at the NBA though tonight, uh, we got a couple games on tonight. We got the we got the Celtics Warriors, two teams that have lost three in a row, going at it on TNT tonight at 10 p.m. Should be an interesting game. Uh, I, I'm I'm expecting a Celtic bounce back, but that could just be the homer talking in me, man. But um, other games we got we got the Clippers and Nets tonight, and that's right now that's in the second quarter. I'm watching it right now. Um, the Clippers are up 56-45. Um, that's that's an interesting. That's a finals preview, possibly. You know, Clippers Nets. Um, I just don't. I don't like the way the Clippers look defensively, and it's. I I don't think they can change it. Um, they traded Jared Allen um, for to get obviously kept, um, James Harden. I, I don't like how they look. You know what I mean? And Connor, what do you think about the Nets overall? <laughs> Um, sometimes they just kill it. Sometimes they're just, it's almost like they're not there, you know? Like, I feel like they, I feel like there's a bunch of good players and I think altogether they have a lot of skill, but there's no chemistry. You have to have a, you have to have a guy defined taking your last shot. You have to have that role carved out. Who's taking? Who's gonna step down and and let Durant take the last shot? Because I don't think James Harden and Kyrie Irving are, are stepping down to anybody. So that's an no. interesting dynamic on that team. I, I really don't. They have excellent talent, but I just don't see them being able to p- pull it together and win the East. And then the no. Clippers. You look at the Clippers. Um, I liked them last year to come out of the West, but you know they got they. Were down. They were up 3-0 on the uh, Nuggets, and they lost that series, which was pretty pathetic. But um, looking back now, I mean, 
they're looking pretty solid, the Clippers. Um, I, I think I like their depth way more than the Lakers. Um, they did have that really like, scary game with the Grizzlies where they were down 50 points at halftime. Exactly. That was, that was a really bad game for them, but they've right really now, right now they're they've had a couple one. bad games, but overall they've been doing great. Yeah, they're they're right now they're number one in the West, which is yeah. uh, pretty impressive because that's the harder conference. If you guys don't know, uh, the West is definitely the most difficult uh, conference. They got the best teams. Um, they're sixteen and five, and they're nine and one in their last ten. So that's pretty impressive. Um. What do you what do you think about the Sixers? What do you guys think about the Sixers? I know Travis, you like the Sixers, right? You don't really keep up with basketball, but you like the Sixers. Yeah, no, I don't really follow basketball, but just because I'm a I'm from Pennsylvania, I'm gonna go with the Sixers. Um, they're they're a good team, and they're like this every year. But to me, they just don't have besides Joel Embiid. If you clog the lane in the playoffs and don't let Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons dominate in the middle of the paint, they really don't have the shooting to beat anybody in the playoffs. They don't have the perimeter shooting. They tried to address that with Danny Green, which is okay, I guess, but they don't have the perimeter shooting, in my opinion, to go anywhere in the East. What do you think, I do. I do think they're going to go all the way to Wow, you got the the Sixers this year? But... I don't think they're going to take it home. I think the competition in the in the East, they're definitely. I think they're take, going to take it home. I don't. I don't uh, think um, anyone's going to be able to stop them in the East. Uh, but I think who, no no matter who get, goes, um, I'm not really sure as as of this moment who's going to take it. I'm I'm. I mean, Clippers, the Jazz, the and Lakers so all all look like they they could. Go, but in the East, I'm pretty sure the 76ers got it. I don't think they're going to win this year. I think they're going to lose uh, to whoever um, ends up there in the West. I got the Clipper. I got the Clippers coming out of the West. You know what I mean? I really think that. I think they're putting it together this year. I think they had chemistry issues last year because Kawhi Leonard he likes to he likes to take time off, and I think it rubs some of the guys the wrong way. Um, but I think they have the right pieces in place this year to go to the finals, no doubt. I just yeah, don't see not. the Sixers. I, I really don't see the Sixers making it. I don't think they have the shooting. Um, I think you can really – they're very predictable in the playoffs. And just look at last year. I know they were missing Ben Simmons, but they got swept by the Celtics. You know what I mean? They got swept pretty pretty easily by the Celtics. Yeah. You have anything else to add, Connor? No, not personally. All right, yeah, that's that's all we got for basketball. I got right now the Lakers struggling, Clippers thriving, Celtics struggling, and and right now the the Sixers look like they're legit this year. All right, let's jump over into hockey. So for those of you that follow the Penguins like I do, uh, the Penguins just acquired Yannick Weber on January twenty seventh. Uh, and that was actually just prior to the GM for Penguins, Jim Rutherford, resigning. Uh, announced that he's resigning for personal reasons, which uh, kind of, I think, took the organization by a little bit of a shock there. So right now we've got assistant GM Patrick Galvin, who's the interim GM for the Penguins. And uh, he's in an important role right now because the Penguins uh, have a lot of defensive injuries right now. They've had 11 different defensemen suit up in the last nine games due to injuries. Their their injuries include Latang, who's day to day with a lower body injury, Dumoulin, who's 
out uh, week to week with a lower body. Matheson, who they just traded for in the Hornquist trade, who's out indefinitely with an upper body injury. Uh, Pedersen's out week to week with an upper body injury. Weekla is out indefinitely with an upper body injury. Troutman's out week to week with a knee injury. Uh, and that's just the defenseman. Aston Reese is also out indefinitely with a shoulder injury. Uh, Militech's out day to day, labeled as unfit to play. And uh, Rodriguez took a Malkin pretty bad hit a couple a games ago, bit. and he's out indefinitely. Malkin is struggling this year. Um, you know who's looking yeah. good right now is Pio Joseph. Uh, he's part I don't of the know if you trade. watched them against the and, Bruins, uh, but um, he really leveled uh, Jack Studnicki. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that hit. Yep, I did. Yeah, he's playing good. I'm I'm impressed for a guy to be pulled up from the AHL, thrown in, you know, with all these injuries, and said, okay, he's last night against the uh, Rangers on Monday night. He was playing on the on the front line for the first line for the defense, which is awesome to see. Yeah, really awesome to see him getting in and uh, playing up at that level. And no no surprise to the Penguins that they have all these injuries. This is a year to year thing. And of course, they're still drug- still struggling with. Goalies. Jari looked good last year and everyone got super excited, traded away Murray, and now Jari's struggling and we're playing to Smith as a starter uh, on and off. But obviously, with the COVID schedule right now and uh, everyone playing multiple games a week, it's rough on a goalie who's out there for at least 60 minutes or, yeah, 60 minutes a game without overtime, which the Penguins Malkin seem to have like, uh, this year. had three or four breakouts in that overtime against the Bruins, I remember, and he just couldn't, he couldn't. Find the back of the net. He hit the post the couldn't, one time. Couldn't finish then, it. Um, they had the th- they yep. had the didn't they have a three break breakaway? Like they had three guys on the breakaway. That was crazy. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It seems to be their thing is to to go into the overtime, get a lot of breakaways, and not finish them. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys heard about Tony D'Angelo. Uh, who was with the New York Rangers right now, just cleared waivers, um, got into a physical altercation with the goalie, Alexander Georgiev, uh, after a 5-4 to four overtime loss uh, with the Penguins Saturday. probably getting on about now playing any defense. D'Angelo plays no defense. I mean, he's just... Uh-huh. He, he, he basically he wasn't looking good at defense all. and just goes full out on offense, which is weird for a defenseman. Yeah, no, definitely wasn't looking too good. And it was funny to see him... Uh, See him, you know, the playing the way he was just wasn't the best look for him. Obviously, it didn't work out for him. Got into a physical education, and uh, the New York Rangers GM came out and said that he had played his last game with the Rangers. They're not interested um, in playing him anymore. Right now, he's on the taxi squad, but he just cleared waivers. Um, they're looking to get rid of him. He was also in the news right when the Rangers signed him because uh, his Twitter account was full of uh, racist slurs. Um, of course, you can't find that now because D'Angelo deleted his Twitter um, protesting when Twitter uh, banned former President Donald Trump from the social media site. Uh, D'Angelo deleted his Twitter as well and said that he was sticking with the president. Um, so you, you can't even go back and find. I was trying to find some examples of those tweets. But with all this news, with the recent physical altercation, it kind of came out and uh, the people were mentioning, well, have you ever seen his Twitter? He's not really the most stand up no. guy. Um, Who do you so have in the cup this year, man? That. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, it, this is a it's, with all the the different. It's a very weird year. The schedule looks different for all of the all the teams, and with all these COVID protocols. I mean, right now we've got a handful of teams that are out because they can't play right now because of COVID. 
Um, Dallas Stars were out. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes were out. I think the Vegas Golden Knights are out still. The New, New, New Jersey Devils are still out. The Lightning just came back. I mean, that's that takes you know the stamina away from the team. They they got in a groove. They know what they're doing. They're looking good. And then you know, a couple of them test positive for COVID, and they've got to sit out a few games. Their games get postponed, and they're kind of like restarting again. I mean, look at last year after the pause. The mm-hmm. Penguins were looking pretty good. The Same. pause happened, and they lost Same in the first the round Bruins, to man. we, we won the President's Trophy, so. and then. You know, we barely, exactly. we beat the the Hurricanes soundly, but then we got to the Lightning, and we we didn't have the same fire at all. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I mean, it's there's teams that are looking good, but I don't know. I mean, with everything going on this year and the way the the uh, divisions are on the the different conferences, I mean, you've got just got the Canadian conference up in the north, in and the then cup. you know, you, know, I mean? you got. I mean, you could get you could get a Bruins sure. Habs cup. You know what I mean? You could get you can get a Maple Leafs Penguins cup. You know, yeah. you can get some weird matchups. Exactly. So it's definitely interesting to see where things are going uh, with these. I mean, I'm just glad hockey's back, to be honest with you. But it's definitely interesting to see where they're going with the direction. I mean, I totally understand why they put all these protocols in place, but kind of wild to see. Uh, you know, you're you're only playing the same team a handful of times, so. Right off the bat, the, the Penguins were struggling playing against the Flyers. weren't looking good. I mean, I was like, all right, well, this, this season's over. And then they they came back and they played really good against the Capitals. And it seems like the Penguins specifically are kind of struggling whenever they're uh, on the road. Um, they did play and defeat the Rangers, uh, not uh, Monday, but on Saturday in that overtime win for them. But then on Monday night, they they lost three to one to the Rangers. So. Obviously, there's a lot of defensive issues there, and there's a lot of goaltender issues there, and I'm sure that uh, plenty of teams are facing that. I know uh, the Devils were looking great. Uh, they won uh, against the Sabres, and then they, I believe they they lost against the Sabres shortly after that, um, or vice versa. They lost and then won, um, and they were looking really good. They had a few people out. I don't know Kyle Palmieri was out with uh, COVID protocol stuff, and then a few more guys tested positive, so they had to postpone their games. They're actually supposed to be playing right now against the Pens. Um, which would have been an interesting night here in our house because my fiance is a Devils fan and I'm a Penguins fan. So always, always a fun time whenever they play. Uh, the the minor league teams and uh, the AHL actually played on Saturday. Um, the Binghamton Devils are actually playing in Newark uh, because they yeah, didn't want to bring the ice into their stage. their arena. So they're yeah, playing they're playing at the Prudential it's Center. Bad. It's kind of a bad area. Like yep. it's like not yeah, the not best bad. area in the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Newark's an interesting place to say the least, uh, but it, overall it's a it's a nice nice little arena there. But yeah, the Binghamton Devils are playing there, so Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins were just in Newark playing against them, beat them five to one. Um, when uh, the NHL announced the Devils were going on COVID protocol and were postponing games, I was reading through some of the comments and uh, on Facebook, and uh, one guy said, "You know, they should treat this just like whenever they treat an injury." And they should pull people up from the AHL. So if the whole team has to go out, pull up the AHL team and have them play against the. I was like, well, considering the uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins just beat them five to one, and uh, <laughs> I, as a Penguins fan, think this is a great idea uh, just to get a quick win. But uh, obviously, I think it's exactly. worth postponing the game. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Howard from the Detroit Red Wings yeah, he... uh, just retired. He was a goalie not, uh, not, after not a eleven bad career, seasons. But I mean, towards the end, I mean, it's, it was pretty bad. 
He was in that. He was in that yeah. Datsuk yeah, Zetterberg no, Lidstrom to... era. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He went twenty six or two forty six. 196.70 with a 2.62 goals against average, a .912 save percentage, 24 shutouts in 543 regular season games, not 523 starts. So He's not a bad career. Too, so. But yeah, towards the end. Towards, yeah, he was playing and in his hometown. So not a bad career. You know, obviously, like you said, towards the end. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Patrick Hornquist is looking good playing down in Florida. Uh, I think that uh, I made the joke to a few of my friends that uh, Jim Rutherford was probably uh, resigning after Matheson got injured and then uh, Hornquist was looking pretty good down there. So kind of made that joke to a few people. But Hornquist overall looking pretty good uh, down there Um, for sure. And then it was interesting, the Penguins on uh, Monday night gave Brian Russ the, the A for the game with Chris Letang out with his injury. Uh, it was interesting to see Brian Rust yeah, with that leadership role line? for the game. But other... Oh, okay. uh, he was on the second line, I believe. He wasn't oh, on the okay. first line. He was playing on Malkin's line. Um, they've been trying to find their lines. They've been jumping people around. They were playing Kapanen on the fourth nice line because he was he late to, uh, to training. Burns. That was a nice goal. Yeah. Yeah, Kapanen looks, looks looking pretty good. I'm really excited to see him. Uh, the Penguins made a lot of trades uh, in the offseason. Pretty much a brand new team. And then they traded them to the yeah, Maple yep. Leafs. Yeah, you're right. They did draft Captain. Yep. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Geez, yeah. what year was it? 2014, maybe. Uh, that he was a first first round pick for the Penguins, and then they traded him. Penguins seem to do that a lot, though. They did that with. Uh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, they just did it last season. Then they let him go again. Um, I can't think of his name right now. It's completely slipping my mind. But they seem to do that a lot, where they will. Grab a grab a person in their draft and then trade them and then exactly. wait a few years and then bring them back uh, yeah. <laughs> to see see if he's. It seems like the Penguins are trying to kind of rebuild mm. their uh, Stanley Cup era uh, when they won the back to back cups. They're trying to bring some people back and get them on, but wasn't working for them. Jim Rutherford let a few people go, uh, didn't resign them on their contracts. So definitely interesting to see, but. Interested to see how the GM search turns out for the Penguins. Uh, interested to see how the rest of the season works out for everyone with the, the new divisions and uh, all the COVID protocols in place. We'll be sure to keep you all updated uh, as the NHL season progresses. And with that, we get on to our last thing, the WRC. We are between rallies right now. We just had the rally Monte Carlo a little more than a week ago. Ogier and Ingracia pulling home... Uh, their fiftieth victory and their eighty-fifth podium finish. It's looking good for Ogier. He did lose uh, twenty nineteen, uh, the championship in twenty nineteen, uh, ending his six-year consecutive win streak. Came back last year. Let's see if he can continue it this year. Also, the uh, the Yaris is looking like the dominant car this season. And- Four of them are in the top six positions. That's insane, man. Get get my get my old Yaris out there. <laughs> the only thing that that was able to beat a Yaris this time around was the Hyundai uh, i twenty. Yeah, hopefully this is a good start for Ogier. Maybe he can pull back an eighth. Maybe he can even uh, uh, beat Loeb's record in a couple years. We just gotta see. Today, the WRC also revealed the route for Arctic Rally Finland. 
Finland's definitely going to be interesting. It's at the very end of February. It's going to be freezing cold. Uh, they're claiming negative 20 Celsius. I don't know. I don't live in Finland. And all 10 stages are going to cover a whole 251 kilometers. Uh, it's going to be based around a place in Finland called Rovaniemi. I think this is going to be, I think Finland's going to be a really, really, really fun race to watch. All right. I'm, I am going to hop in real quick for some updates on NASCAR. Now the season does not start next week. It starts the week after the big game. So I'll be very quick with what I'm going to say. We'll get more in depth with it next week. This is just going to be the new roster changes for the upcoming season. Kyle Larson will be kind of replacing Jimmy Johnson, who is now retiring. Larson will be driving the five car. Corey LaJoy moves to the seven for Spire Motorsports. Chase Briscoe will be replacing Clint Boyer and Stuart Hot Racing's number 14 after Boyer's retirement. Christopher Bell will be replacing Eric Jones in the 20. Bubba Wallace will be driving the 23 for the brand new 23XI racing team. Anthony Alfredo will be driving the new 38 car for the front row motorsports. Ross Chastain will be in that 42 car replacing Matt Kenza for Chip Ganassi Racing. Eric Jones will be driving the 43 for Richard Petty Motorsports replacing Bubba Wallace. Alex Bowman in the 48. Now, this is, he's not, it's not really replacing anyone. He's just moving from the 88 to the 48. Cody Ware will be driving the 51 for Rick Ware, as long as Josh Balicki will be driving the 52 for the same team. BJ McCloyd moves to the 78 for Live Fast Motorsports, and Daniel Suarez will be driving the 99 for the brand new Track House Racing Team. What happened with uh, Bubba Wallace and Petty? Did they have a falling out? Or well, surprised Denny to see Hamlin them teams. And who drives the 11 for uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, and Michael Jordan decided to start a team. And they went after a guy who was a free agent. Gotcha. And it, what it really came down with Bubba Wallace was just who can offer me more money. And that ended up being the 23 team. Hey, money talks. And then so Eric Jones did come in and then replace him. Eric Jones moving down from a top tier ride to one that's not as well, not as, you know, famed to say. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do in the next season sure. as well. Alrighty, thank you to everyone who tuned in for our first ever episode of What in Ball Nation. We all appreciate you listening, and until next time, have a good day. Have a good one. Thank you guys. Have a good Bye. one, everybody.